for it. It's all for one, and it's one for all. Let's go. The time that we all been waiting on The moment all the naysayers been hating on See they been talking down on us and flexing It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up But not the boys on Kirby so you can pack it up Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans I am Young Ari Gold, and I am here with my friends and co-host, the Garnet Texan John Wade and Brad Grew. And fellas, we can really say this now. Are you guys ready? We are not finishing the season nine and seven. Hey, whoa, man! Woo-hoo. We're not supposed to be happy about this. No, no. Did, did you not read Twitter? We're supposed I, to be oh. angry. I read Twitter. Uh, I think Brad's got a whole segment on um, wanting to talk about how the Twitter sphere acts uh, when we don't win games handily. Never mind the fact that DW4 is the reason why we won that game at the end. But uh, how are you guys feeling? Loving life, buddy. Okay. Dude, we're 10 and 4. I'm feeling great. 10 and 4, uh, about to be 10 and 5. Wait, I thought okay. you just said we weren't winning that game right before we got on. Yeah, that's why I said we we're going to be 10 and 5. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that when you win, you add to the loose column? Wait, I, you know what? <laughs> All right. Maybe John's the one that gets picked. Um, yeah, no, hey, look, it was, uh, was it a, um, a perfect game? No, no, it wasn't a perfect game. There were, uh, we definitely should have won that game by more, but yet again, you know, we held a team under 24 points and um, the recipe to winning continues to work, even though people aren't happy with the way we win. Brad, why don't you go ahead and uh, get some get something off your chest? I know, you, know you're a little upset at the way that Texans fans act after uh, a loss like that uh, or a win like that. Sorry. Um, why, don't you, why don't you address those Texans fans? I just, I truly don't understand the negativity. You know, this team started 0 and 3, is now, now 10 and 4, second seed in the AFC, and people are still picking on Bill O'Brien or saying that the team sucks and it's not doing as well as it needs to. You know, at the end of the day, they're 10 and 4. They're second seed in the AFC. I, I don't understand why people have anything to complain about. Um, yes, it wasn't a pretty win, but a win is a win. A win on the road in December in New York isn't easy. The weather wasn't terrible, but it's, I, you know. I, I just don't understand the the hate and vitriol. This is the third, only the third season in in team history where we've had double digit wins. What? Why are we not celebrating this more? I know we haven't won anything, we haven't done anything yet, we haven't beat anybody as far as the playoffs. But you know, we have to like where we're at. We have to like our chances um, at finishing at twelve and four. Um, it's going to be really tough going into Philadelphia, but at the end of the day, you know, I think. I think 11 and five is there. It's just a matter of whoever they can pull it out for 12 and four this weekend. I, it just, it baffles me that people can watch the game, see a win, see DW four go down and win and have a game winning drive again, uh, the fourth this year and still just come away pissy. I, I just don't get it. Well, 
I can I can answer that for you. A lot of it has to do with the fact that these fans don't truly understand this league, right? Like, you know, if you just look back at recent seasons, there aren't a ton of teams that have won the Super Bowl that have just gone through and just wrecked shop the entire season. It's just not the way the league is built. There's there's so much, like, oh, God, what's the word, John? You know the word. Uh, we say it all the time. Uh, parody. parody. There's so much parody in the NFL. And, uh, you know, the any given Sunday, you know, mantra is, is, is it corny? Sure. But it's actually, I mean, it's totally true. This league is very competitive. And any given week, uh, any team can lose to anybody. We've seen it. I mean, when the Cowboys beat the Saints, no, first of all, nobody expected that. Uh, Vegas didn't expect that. And look what happened. They did. They destroyed him. And it's it's just what happens. And I don't know why Texans fans go on this crazy rant. I, I get being critical. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that we're very critical at times that we uh, that we you know either lose or win in a, in a non-pretty fashion. And it's okay to be critical. But I think there's also times where in those critical moments you can also take in what exactly is happening and and enjoy it because I mean, this is potentially the best season that the Texans have had. And to consider that we started zero and three and where we're at now, it's a, it's a bit surprising the, the way that the fans have been acting. John, what do you, what are your thoughts? People seem to forget that the NFL's entire model is based around mediocrity between the way that they restrict players, uh, the restrict the roster size on players, the, the salary cap, the way the salaries are now even structured. Like you go after as many younger players as you can. You don't even retain the players that are developed. There's no developmental league. Um, The NFL is a completely different game than the college game. Part of the reason why anything from college is beginning to migrate into the NFL is they just don't have enough time to teach these players. And then think about it. 46 players on a game day roster of which probably five to six weren't on the roster at the end of training camp at minimum due to injuries because it's football. Everybody gets hurt. The sport is built around mediocrity. Watch more games. You will see more mediocre performances, even from teams that are supposed to be top tier. It's incredibly hard in the NFL to win because it's incredibly hard to put a consistent product out there. That's why they, why our coaches keep saying it ad nausea. That's, why Bill O'Brien has complained about some of those rules and not getting to spend enough time with, Oh no. Yeah. I even forgot the practice rules. They're limited on how much they can practice. So you have smaller rosters. You can't practice. You can't pay veterans. What are you supposed to expect? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the league is the league and some people would call the league crappy lately, uh, non-competitive, I think there were seven games on Sunday that had like no playoff implications. Uh, look, things happen. This league is different every year. Like, I don't know. I, I understand it. I, I think in a like after a win like that or after a loss, I can understand maybe 30 minutes of of the negativity. Right. Because we're emotional human beings. It's just in our nature to be that way. We're going to react. Uh, but then I think like when you after you think about it and ponder and, and mature, uh, it, it like go back and then realize like how you were and say, God, that was totally wrong. <laughs> like, OK, we just lost to a good team or, oh, maybe that team is better than what we thought. I mean, 
the Jets team, uh, that was Sam Darnold's second game back from his injury. Uh, you know, maybe the first game he was getting warmed up. I mean, he looked pretty good against the Bills. You know, this this defense is not uh, right now currently constructed in, in a way to uh, be good against quarterbacks like Sam Darnold right now. Uh, and our corners are awful. So uh, I don't really know what you expected, but we won and we're 10 and four. Uh, keep in mind, how many points did they score? They scored 24 or 21. Yeah, that's still not a ton of points. No, it's not. It's not. And and honestly, if this defense could just get a corner or two, and we'll get into it, but I, I do think that there's help on the way. Um, this defense is a totally different. Um, you know, we, we've always talked about the best defense has a complimentary pass rush and secondary. And right now there's a lot going on in the secondary and players are having to play uh, a lot of snaps and some are playing out of positions that they're not very good at you know, i.e. Kareem Jackson playing corner again. Um, And my entire point with that is with all those issues, we're still a top five in scoring defense. Right. It's not all doom and And gloom. Sometimes it feels like that when you see the same routes and the same players get beat consistently, but we're not bad. We may not be. Yeah, we're we're number three in turnovers. Yeah, we may not be amazing right now. And but we've shown flashes of it but we've shown that we are consistently above average and we are consistent enough to continue to win. Yeah. It's keeping things in perspective. Yeah. That it's going to be frustrating because we watch this game. We watch every second of this game live. So yeah, it draws it out. And then the other games that you watch, you may watch one or two other game every, every second live a week, maybe, but most of them, you just watch the highlights. It's, it's the old joke about um, Instagram being the highlights of somebody's life and you don't see all the dirty details behind it. If you're just watching the highlights, of course, everybody looks better than you. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead, and it, yeah. And so it, it, when you, when you have the fact that, you know, the offense does just enough to win and the defense is doing just enough to win, but at the end of the day, they're doing what it takes to win. And that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter if you win by 40 points or four points. Dallas doesn't care that they won. What was it? Six to nothing against the saints. They beat the freaking saints. You know, it doesn't matter. It, it literally, the, the wins and losses at the end of the day, all that matters is seeding for the playoffs. And then in the playoffs, all bets are off. We see wild cards win all the time in the playoffs. And so, the goal of the NFL is to make it to the playoffs and then do the best you can in the playoffs. That's it. Every year, you know, yep. less than half the only what 12 teams make the playoffs in total in the NFL 16 in the NBA of 30 teams, you know, and 16 of 32 or um, sorry, was it 12 or 14 of teams in the MLB? You know, it's making the playoffs in the NFL is a big deal. Being in the number two seat is a huge deal. Like, and we'll get down to this later, but the, the, the thought of the Texans haven't beat anyone, that narrative is just total BS. And I'll get into some numbers later, but you know, I just, I was happy after the win. Obviously you want to see them dominate all game because we see the potential, but at the end of the day, they got the W Didi before and nuke put together a hell of a drive without a running game against a really pretty decent defense. I, you know, and then the, the bend don't break defense and Romeo dialed it up when he needed to victory is a victory. Yeah, I mean, nobody cares how you win, and nobody's going to look back. Like like I've mentioned before, 
those two Super Bowl wins by the Giants, you know, if you go look at that regular season, um, they, it was not a pretty regular season. But what this team is doing right now is finding a way to win. And finding a way to win actually helps you in the playoffs. So um, let, let's get into the game. Uh, obviously, we played the Jets. We played Sam Darnold, um, one of the higher, high, highly regarded rookie quarterbacks coming into the draft this year and, and taking, I think they were, what was he taking, number five or three? Something like that. thought he was um, three. Yeah, three maybe. Um, USC quarterback, definitely looked good in college. Um, uh, you know, he practiced with a friend of ours, Jordan Palmer, friend of the show. Um, you know, so Jordan had nothing but good things to say about him. Look, the guy, the guy looked good yesterday, but the Texans won. So let's get into the offense. I don't know where I was going there, so forgive me for the segue, guys. I'm not feeling too well today, but um, let's start with the offense and start with the offensive line. Uh, Kendall Lamb and Julian Davenport had the highest graded pass protection uh, grade on PFF uh, so far this season, and then their run blocking was awful. Um, the line itself, I guess, was okay. Um, I mean, there were, I think it was seven total sacks. Brad, how many sacks total? Uh, there was five. Six. Five? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, double check that. I'm pretty sure it was six at least, but I could be totally wrong just because I saw Colin Cowherd get into it with a buddy of mine on Twitter. Oh, but... my bad. It was six. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I when I rewatched the game today, I saw two or three of them were on Deshaun. The others were definitely on the offensive line. I would argue about I mean, four of them were on Deshaun. Um, I would say three for sure. Uh, but I mean, there's no reason to debate it. If that's how you think, I, then <laughs> yeah, we're arguing over one. <laughs> yeah. There's no point in doing that. Um, either way, these are the things that we want him to correct and get better at, but you know, we say it week in week out, he's not going to, uh, and we can get into that when we get into Deshaun. But my question is for both of you, and I'll start with you, John, is this Texas offensive line actually getting better? Yes and no. They are playing better together, but the Colts exposed a little bit of something in our, our run game that the Jets were also able to take advantage of, essentially just closing the creases in the zone. Um, they were moving better. Um, they were zone blocking better. We still... We've kind of completely given up on on the power game where we have uh, guards or tackles pull. But, I mean, that's fine. We just have now had two weeks in a row where we can't run the ball, which is a little bit concerning, but at least they're improving at pass protecting. So if we can't run the ball, maybe we can just put the ball or the uh, game on the back of Deshaun. Um, and he's, we'll get into him in a little bit more detail, but that's kind of where we're at. Um, it's just, it's that phase where like everything else with this team, we're just, we're trying to get ready for them to put it all together. Cause we see glimpses of good things and then they regress at others and they'll do other good things and then regress at something that they've been doing well all year. So do we have a good offensive line? No. Are they getting better? Yes, but they've still got a lot of room to grow. I agree. I agree. The team, they're, they're looking better at, you know, at times, but 
are they good enough to be able to compete in the playoffs? I think is is now we're getting to that point. Uh, Brad, what are you seeing out of the offensive line, and, and what are your you know what are your thoughts on their performance on uh, Saturday? It, it's really hard to grade because losing Lamar Miller after only three rushes was a huge hit, right? We know this offense is built around the run, and if you can't run the ball, and it's easy to stack the box against Alfred Blue because you know he's not a dynamic runner. Um, not having that third option, whether it's Foreman or Irvin or whoever else, not having that third option at running back right now is just really killing them because once if Miller misses a play or has to get out there, you know, it's blues just not effective if he's not if he's not a complimentary back. He gets he plays pretty well when he's a complimentary back, but if he's the sole sole breadwinner on that running game, we're gonna have issues. And that just puts stress on every everyone on the offensive line because that just lets them stack the box seven deep. You know, and that's basically what they did. You know, they were cheating a lot with their linebackers and um, they were blitzing quite a bit. And Deshaun, that's the one area they know that Deshaun struggled. The whole whole world knows Deshaun struggles picking up blitzes. Um, and that's one area I think he can learn from Dar- Darnold because Darnold looked really good picking up the blitzes and getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, and I think um, all of Deshaun's not helping the, the, the offensive line. The offensive line is not really helping Deshaun. It kind of goes hand in hand. But the running without the running game, you kind of have to throw the game plan out out the window. And I think that's basically what they did. They did just what they had to do to win. Yeah, I think the offensive line, we're seeing slight improvements in the areas that we're concerned about right now, which is pass protection, uh, given the fact that Deshaun's taken 17 sacks over the last, I believe, three games, maybe four games. But um, we're we're going to need to see a lot better from them next week, but specifically in the playoffs as there's pretty much – one way that we don't make the playoffs and it would be the most Texans thing in the world if that one scenario actually happened. But um, I think with this team and where they're at, uh, given, you know, what we entered the season with, you know, we're doing with what we have. And I expect this off season to be a drastic change on offensive line, but until then we have to deal with the cards that are dealt. So um, I, I do think that we do have a, uh, a guard in Fulton for the future. Um, Nick Martin, you know, if you guys listen to the Rivers of McCown uh, interview, you know, has, has been inconsistent at times, but is starting to come into his own. So um, we have some foundational pieces on the line. And I think Lamb, given who God, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think we have potential in Lamb and maybe Davenport as he continues, he'll get better too. But uh, right now we need to worry about Deshaun. So, uh, let's get to this run game, the lack of a run game. Uh, once Lamar Miller went out, the run game, the run in general just went away. Um, we could see some changes to that this week. We'll get more into that. But, um, I mean, can we account the lack of a run game to Lamar Miller being missing, John? Or is it just the run game wasn't going to be there in general? It didn't matter if Lamar Miller was out there or not. Um we weren't going to be able to run the ball against the jets. Again, they copy, they're doing kind of very, very similar things that the Colts were doing against us. And until Deshaun got consistently hot, throwing the ball, there was no way we were going to be running the ball. Now, eventually if Deshaun state or actually, cause it was such an up and down offensive performance. Had we been able to put a drive to get, a drive or two together throwing the ball very well that would have opened up the running game but it was one of those where they're like yeah you're not running the ball the sean's got to be us and he did thank god he did but yeah that's just we weren't going to be able to run the ball even didn't matter who we had out there 
Uh, Lamar Miller is not the type that is talented enough to run up against what they were doing and be successful doing it. We maybe Dante Foreman is that guy pre-injury. He had uh, capabilities of being that guy, but we'll see. We are the type of running back that we needed to go against the Jets and the Colts was essentially somebody that could do the same role as our slot receivers. We needed somebody that could be there for more dump off passes instead of just trying to straight run the ball because they were giving us the middle of the field. They weren't giving us deep, um, but they were giving us those shallow and they were committing to just taking out the run with the linebackers. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that the run game would have worked no matter who it was, Deontay Foreman, Le'Veon Bell. Um, there was just, the run blocking was really just atrocious this game. Um, really not much time to spend on that as we can talk about the addition to the running game potentially this week. Uh, the wide receivers, on the other hand, this is a game where DeAndre Hopkins takes over, rolled his ankle, still performed, had two, three amazing catches as, as normal. Uh, that touchdown catch, not the one where he was wide open, which I, after watching it again today, I'm really confused on the effort of the corner or safety on that play. That was extremely shocking to me. The fact that once he noticed that DeAndre was five feet away, he just kind of like shrugged his shoulders and moved on. But um, I mean, that, 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 that fade though to DeAndre Hopkins, talk about perfect ball placement. And then just a man catching it the way that he does. I mean, Brad, is that like when we talk about DeAndre, I feel like this is the first season where when we have a conversation about wide receivers and him being the number one wide receiver in the league, it's pretty much backed up. And I don't really know anybody that can actually argue it. Yeah, this year he has he has the numbers and he has the results to prove it. And the team has the results. That's a big thing is like he's had great years, but the team's been pretty dang mediocre. And again, this team hasn't won anything yet. We're not saying they're an amazing team, but they are the number two seed. They are getting a lot more respect across the league. And he's just he's been on a couple of primetime games or or nationally televised games. You know, the the Saturday game wasn't a primetime game, but it wasn't the only game on. Um, And I think he's just he's just a baller, man. Like people know that. If they throw it at him, he's going to catch it. If it's anywhere within his catch race, he's just going to catch it. His myths are just – there's no way to describe him. You know, I've, I've thought he's the best receiver in the league for a couple of years. I think a lot of Texans fans have. And now the world is seeing that because he's just – he's 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 racking up the game tape. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's pretty much undeniable at this point, just given what he's done and add to the fact the stable of quarterbacks he's had in his time here and – um his consistency, his lack of injury. Um, so I guess his reliability, um, he's just, he's a solid, solid, solid wide receiver. And I, I definitely think he's the best in the league around the um, NFL actually said that he was a, he should be a top five MVP candidate. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to, it's really hard to give the MVP to a wide receiver. I honestly, I, maybe one of you guys can check while I'm talking, but I don't know if it's ever been done. I'm sure it has, but um, I mean, I don't see how you, there's no other wide receiver that you can make the argument for MVP this year. It, it's pretty much just DeAndre Hopkins. And um, I mean, he's been just beyond crazy in clutch moments. And when you talk about MVP, you know, most valuable to player to a team, 
or in the league. I mean, look at what he's done. I mean, there's countless catches and memories I can think about from this season that he's basically won these games for us. And yeah, I don't, I don't really think that you can, I, I, I say he's at least in the argument. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a vote, but he won't win it. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, anybody, yeah. Like the only other offensive players that really ever have a chance is running back. You know, I think AP was the last one to win and that was, you know, 2012. I think it's, it goes to a QB pretty much every dang year. I think, you know, LaDainia Thompson won, Sean Alexander won, but for the last 20 plus years, you know, and I think Marshall Falk won once, but the last 20 plus years, it's been nothing but uh, QBs. And I think that's just a byproduct of our league. Um, you know, I don't see, I think maybe he'll get some votes from some, some hometown um, sports writers, but you know, uh, is someone that, you know, only touches the ball 10 times a game as important as someone who touches it 30 plus. You know, that, that's the case that's always made. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's never been a wide receiver win MVP. And I don't think that, I mean, there's not a chance in hell that he will. I mean, that's just a simple fact of it. It's going to be a quarterback. And much less, it's, it's not even going to be, it wouldn't even be a quarterback from Houston. I don't think that, just, I'm not one of those that thinks that there is a Houston sports bias typically, but when it comes to coverage around Houston's football, there definitely seems to be. And yeah, it's not going to be Hopkins. Now my question wasn't necessarily that would he win it? Would he have a chance to win it? It was just, does he deserve to be in that conversation? And I think he definitely does. I think that pretty much our offense is based around two players. We lose either one of those two players. We're not in a good spot. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Let's let's talk about some of these other wide receivers. Uh, DeAndre Carter had a uh, a pretty good game uh, with Kiki missing, and um, I think he's turning into a player for us. Um, it, it's going to be good to at this point. Honestly, I would shut down Kiki until the playoffs just to give him more time as I think DeAndre is, is is playing that role enough for what we need him to do. But uh, Demarius Thomas is looking good still as well. I mean, is he, uh, you know, ripping the league apart? No, but he's definitely a I – mean, you could tell he's the second option uh, based on looks. And uh, he's got sure hands, which one of the concerns when he came was, you know, does he – does he have – you know, he drops balls. And I, I said beforehand, was it – really more of the quarterbacks throwing on the balls or was it Demarius Thomas? And so far to this point, it seems like the Deshaun balls seem to work. So um, let's get to these tight ends though, because there was not much from any of them this week. And I don't know, Brad, I'd like to get your thoughts on kind of why you thought the tight ends weren't involved as much. Yeah. I I think it was just DW4 just had a terrible time picking up the blitz pre-read. Um, so I think that, I think that's where a lot of the, the issues were, were just, he, cause I, that's who he should have turned to. And that's who Sam Darnold turned to whenever he was, um, you know, getting his pre-slap re-blitz. Re- and I think that's where he's really struggled. That's cause and all Darnold had on the field was uh tight ends. Yeah. Well, it, well that's true. They, and if he had like three tight ends, three tight ends like four, that's, yeah. wow. I mean, I, I don't fault the uh, Jets. It's like, if that's how you get your young quarterback to look at a tight end, just make all your receivers tight ends. 
but yeah, that was, I hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah. And I think it's just, he needs to lean on those guys whenever he is getting blitzed and just, he, he signaled a couple of times and they did get a couple of pre-snap reads, right. But for the most part he struggled. Yeah. I think it was just a lack of, I just don't think that they were open and I think it just wasn't a part of the game plan for this week. Um, I, I still expect to see a heavy, heavy tight end involvement moving forward, but, um, after they watch this tape, he he really needs to to start looking at the tight ends and his progressions. I'm sure that's something because they're open. Yeah, I'm sure that's something that's going to get coached up on. But I think with Watson, if you watch how he reads, sometimes it's not even necessarily what he sees is open; it's who he's trusting. Um, so for instance. You could tell that he trusted Kiki. You could tr- tell that in the past he trusted Bruce Ellington. But some of the other people that they put out there at, at slot, even if they're open, he'll just he still progresses away from them. Whereas he definitely trusts Hopkins, so throws it there. He's beginning to have a development of trust with uh, Demarius Thomas, where in the past when he would throw it to Demarius Thomas – the first couple of games is when it was definitely a scripted play, but at least he's now seeing them in his progressions. And with the tight ends, I there's just something not there yet. And I think I, I honestly, I'm gonna. This is this is mainly a joke, but I blame Ryan Griffin. I blame Ryan. Well, I mean, is there anybody else to blame? Yeah, no. That may be there's that not. may be our our second shirt. I blame Ryan Griffin. Oh, that's a great shirt. I blame Ryan Griffin. Could you imagine if that went around? Uh... Houston, we we would get so much hate uh, from the Texans organization if that was yeah, the case. Yeah, I don't think you're going to yeah. get any interviews you do that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, maybe after he leaves, hopefully like somebody comes out and says something bad about him, and then it'll be okay. But until then, I feel like we'll have to keep that one up between <laughs> us three. We'll just, we'll, we'll just wear it in Austin. Um, all right, so that's really enough about the offense outside of Deshaun. Um, you know, with Deshaun... This game, you could see that Bill O'Brien did a lot to try to help Deshaun, given the cornerback and safety blitzes that we've seen over the last two weeks. Um, Bill O'Brien spread it out a lot, wanted to make sure that he saw the entire field, and uh, you know, definitely did a better job. Uh, this is something that I, I, I do think is going to be a big thing come the off season, uh, and, it, and it may end up being a thing that they work on the rest of the season. Uh, just because as you get to the playoffs, there are going to be more teams that are, well, better quality teams that are going to be able to do certain things, i.e. the Ravens, um, Steelers, a couple other teams. But, um, you know, what were your thoughts of Deshaun's game, John, this this week in comparison to the two weeks prior? So the Browns and the Colts game. You know, I was actually impressed with it. He's... Again, he, we forget how young he is. But at the end of the game, when you needed him to go out and, and, and put a drive together, he did. That's the biggest part. There's definitely things with his blitz recognition that needs to be cleaned up, but that's an issue that all almost every young quarterback struggles with. As they start to get more unique, more unique looks and as they start to get a hit in the mouth a couple of times, it does slow them down. They do struggle with it. With Deshaun, part of his game is he he's not necessarily slow through his reads, but he takes his time through the reads because 
he believes that he can always make something happen. And this is discussed at nauseum. And, you know, for me, I don't want to take that part of his game away from him, but I wish he'd be more selective on when he decides to use it because I just don't want him to get killed. But at the same time, it, it, it just goes, well, if you got to take the, uh, the bad with the good with Deshaun. Yes, he makes Superman throws. Yes, he holds onto the ball too long. And but sometimes he's able to sneak away and make a big play. There's a couple of plays where if he had just given up on given up on uh, one of the touchdowns, I believe, it doesn't happen. So it's just, you know, it is Deshaun. We're gonna have to live with it. And hopefully it it leads to more good things than bad things. Yeah, I think that I think Deshaun might have had one of his better games of the season. Um, he was very decisive, had had a clear understanding of the offense. Um, he didn't turn the ball over, which is is great. He didn't do it last week either. But uh, I, I think Deshaun is is starting to figure it out. I, I I think you could tell there was a little bit of a difference in him holding the ball this week as there was in in weeks past. Uh, I will say this: Were you either of you bothered by? the ending of the play where he escaped the sack and uh, was running out. Did that, did that bother either one of you? Oh, it pissed me off where he ended up on the bench. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, no. There he was, uh, he where they was, blew it, it was dead too early. Oh yeah, yeah. It was 96 and they blew it dead early and he was, he escaped completely and rushed out of the pocket to the right side. And then, you know, uh, I don't know. It was like the fourth quarter or third quarter when the, Jets uh, ran the ball in. We stopped them um, on the rush. And for about five seconds, there was no movement until the rest of the Jets linemen came and pushed the player in. And to me, I was sitting here thinking, okay, wait a second. Deshaun was somewhat tackled for about a second, maybe two, and you called the play dead. But this play, you guys didn't. I don't know. I, I, I It was very frustrating to see that because – it didn't really make much sense. I, I felt like they called it extremely quick. I usually try to be as positive as I possibly can, but mediocrity also expand is also involves the refs. There, none of them are full timers. I think sometimes they forget the rules on the field, and they have little earpieces where people have to tell them what the rules are, because yeah, the the Jets touchdown where the whole pile moved, that was definitely a penalty. It's a player safety penalty. That's why you can't push. Um, that's why people used to get their skulls cracked open because they used to push people through the lines. And the the one with, with Watson, I understand with that they're trying to protect him, but there was no one else near him. It would have been one thing if there was other players above out to to join in on the sack but there was nobody else there and he wasn't even really wrapped up he was still he was still moving so yeah yeah i think that's definitely one that the refs would probably admit post game that they got wrong um i, I do understand why they did it to player safety issue especially a quarterback uh you know ever since you know the tom brady acl you know they've put kid gloves on the quarterback and i think it just works against someone someone like him and so um my biggest thing I, like as much as frustrating as Deshaun can be at times, we have to remember that he's been extremely successful so far in the NFL, right? 
I mean, he's he's what thirteen and seven overall in games he started in the NFL. That's astounding. Um, they haven't turned the offense hasn't turned the ball over seven of the last eight games. You know, we're we're nitpicking because there's we see the potential and what could be the Hall of Famer, All Pro type player. But you know, I couldn't be happier with Deshaun and how he's been leading the team. And whenever we need him to go and do a game winning drive, he has most of the time. And whenever he has even failed, like at the Patriots last year or the Seahawks last year, it, it well he's done it, and the defense just hasn't held it in the Seahawks game. You know, it's yeah, and I mean, it's he just great. He knows how to win. Yeah, it's great that you bring that up, and it it's one of our our reader questions. So I didn't want to really get into it too much because I wanted to answer their question with quality, but we might as well knock it out because you bring up the Seahawks game you've kind of seen how the offense has been able to change its shape um, to kind of adapt to the teams that they're playing. We have beat teams ground and pound style. We have beat teams with misdirection, almost um, almost single wing style. We've beat teams with a limited passing game and we have beat teams through the air or at least kept up with teams through the air. Deshaun has been able to do a lot of different things that have been asked of him and he is still pretty much not much more than a rookie. And this is kind of exciting because it gives me hope in the playoffs that whomever we play against, that we will be able to adapt our style towards it. We have shown that we can put points on the board. We just weren't winning games with that style of football. Yeah, I think... I think the one thing that gets lost in a lot of what we do or what the Texans do and what Deshaun has done week in and week out is the fact that he's improved every week in different facets of the game. And it, it's it's hard because he, as fans, we're emotionally invested in seeing the team win. That's That's the end goal for every game. And because they haven't been pretty or because there's been some mistakes, it's it's very easy for us to throw out the window him being, you know, this was his 21st game or whatever it was. Um, but yet when you look at what he's accomplished and how much better he's gotten, um, it, it's it's incredible to see him continue to improve in the manner that he is. And I feel like a whole nother offseason, we're going to see a whole new quarterback come next season. So I agree with both of you. I think what Deshaun's doing is is understated. Uh, a lot of it's being blown out of proportion right now because of Mahomes and and things like that, and that's fine. Um, let the let all that national media build up over Patrick Mahomes for right now. Um, I, I still would take Deshaun Watson. So, um, Brad, go ahead. I know you got something to say. Yeah. So uh, let let's touch on that, right? So that's kind of one of my initial thoughts. We're going to come about later, but you, since you brought it up, I think it fits in perfectly. Um, you know, I, I went back and looked at the, the one, and th- one through four seeds right now in the AFC. So the Patriots, Texas chiefs and chargers. And I looked at their, their opponents who the, in the games where they've won, what was their opponents total win percentage? And the Patriots had 85 and 81 with five, tw- with five, 12, one percentage. The Texans are in second place, 71 and 76 with four eighty-three. The chiefs and charger are way down at 65, 87, and 1 with a 430 win percentage, both of them having the same win percentage. The Texans are beating good teams. The Texans have beat five teams with um, a 500, um, you know, or higher winner percentages, and the Patriots have won six. The Chiefs and Chargers have only beat three. Like, Mahomes is not playing good teams. You know, he's <laughs> they've played uh, just some terrible teams in the AFC West, and they've also played NFC West teams. Like, uh, and it's, 
I think the Texans are going to surprise some people in the playoffs, and I really hope they do. And I think the Patriots are a lot stronger team than people are getting the credit for because they played the hardest schedule of the top four seeds. Um, and Mahomes has shown that he just can't – like, my big thing is in the playoffs, Deshaun Watson, that's where he thrives. He thrives in those game-winning moments, and that's why he's led four game-winning drives, and that's why he succeeded yes, you know, um, sorry, on Saturday. Like, that's that's why his best drive is the final drive of the game. It's just something about him. It just clicks in his head. It's like, all right, guys, enough screwing around. Let's just go do it. And that's why I would pick him over Mahomes any day of the week as well. Yeah, and I think, I think, you know, it's funny. When you've seen Mahomes play from behind this year, uh, specifically the Rams game, three interceptions come to mind. And uh, those aren't things that you see from Deshaun Watson uh, when we're playing from behind. He's not just out there chucking it, trying to well make a play to make a play. <laughs> There's been a couple. This year. I'm talking about this oh, year. I'm, I am too. Specifically. You're talking about the Chiefs game last year specifically. No, I'm also specifically thinking of the uh, the Giants game when he checked it to Lamar Miller. We're ta- yeah, but that was that was, I mean, I'm talking about three. Like in the span of a quarter. Fair enough. I mean, that was that was Mahomes did that in the Rams fourth quarter. Called it the Jared, so, the Jared Goff as of late too. <laughs> and, and and Jared Goff as of late, but um, I think with Deshaun, as the lights get brighter, um, those are those are where he shines. And obviously, that's been said enough, right? Like we're beating a dead horse when we when we say that now, because uh, it's known what he did in college and and what he does here, whether it be a primetime game or whatever, uh, he definitely shines and. Uh, the the improvement we're seeing from a young twenty what what is he twenty three twenty two year old kid is, is is just tremendous and we're just going to continue to see it. So, all right, let's move on to the defense because I don't think there's a lot to talk about on the defense. It was a underwhelming performance. Um, you know, JJ had his two sacks. Clowney had a sack. Clowney was disruptive yet again. If you watch the tape, he was just bullying uh, guards left and right. But, uh, and Covington actually had a pretty solid game. I think the guy that actually had the best game though, that isn't going to be talked about is DJ reader. If you look yep. at what he did on, he, had, I think he had four total quarterback pressures. Um, that's from a, you know, nose tackle position and um, four huge run stops. It, he even dropped into coverage twice, which whatever, uh, <laughs> I don't. I really don't know what a three hundred and twenty-seven pound man is doing in coverage. Covington was too. It's but a zone it, blitz. I still don't like it, John. I don't. I know what it is. I still think it's fucking stupid. But sorry, John. Yeah, Roman, we don't trust that. Uh, you know. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, Brad, because I asked John this yesterday, and we're gonna get on a tangent now. But whatever. Do you ever wonder what this defense would look like? without Romeo not necessarily like Vrabel and passing on the defense but I mean a new defensive scheme and a new defensive coordinator with defense I'm old school man I love the Wade Phillips and the Romeo Cornells um I know that I know that the game's changing um but I think I think the aggressiveness of the old school guys they dial it up whenever it counts most and I think in the big games that's what you really need I haven't seen a young defensive coach that's maybe just like question everything like I have with offensive coaches. Um, you guys may have some names to throw out, but for, for me, I'm, I'm a classic defensive guy right now. And, and I know the game's adapting, especially with the passing game. Um, but I think, I think we see that we, we kind of just discussed it. The young quarterbacks really struggle with high pressure. And so I'm always going to love, I'm going to love um, defensive coordinators that tend to risk that. Yeah, I, I just the reason why I ask is I, I think 
look, I love Rack and I love what he does. And I'm not saying that the defense is getting stale. Um, but what I am wondering is, giving the personnel and the players that we have on this team, um, would it be best to simplify the defense and to give everybody an opportunity to play the position they need to play to be to excel in um, to get the most out of this defense, John? Well, the problem is you can only put 11 players on the field. We've got more pass rushers than, than really positions for them. Um, granted, the defense did look a lot better when they put J.J. towards the inside and had Watt and Merciless line, out, line up on the outside of them. That, I mean, that was right at the end of the game, and it did exactly what we needed it to do. But in order to keep Merciless on the field at the same time as Clowney is, one of them is going to have to play coverage. And then as for our safeties, we who are you going to take off the field? Uh, Tyron Matthew or, Eric, or uh, Justin Reed? to move Kareem back to safety, even though that's where he played best. And then Andre Hall's out there making plays as well. I, we strangely enough, just have redundancy at positions that ne- with those players that need to be on the field. And as for rack, I dude, year in, year out to be consistent on defense is the hardest thing to do in the NFL. Year in, year out to have a defense that is strong enough to carry you at times is the, least consistent um, way of measuring team success in the NFL. And yet we do that with rack. I mean, I just, I, I wouldn't make a change. The only complaint I have about him is they are a little bit too player centric. Sometimes they take a lot of the things that they've learned from, from Bill Belichick. And granted, I guess I really can't complain because right now we're winning, but it does seem as though both Romeo Cannell and Bill O'Brien sometimes just takes, they try to be too much of a player's coach for the instance with Sharice, Wright. I think that Aaron Colvin was still hurt. Um, kind of got things that are a little bit contradictory, but just based on the way that the press conference went, even when rack was like, yeah, that's part of it. And we don't want to mess up the chemistry we got going on. I think it's one of those where they don't want to put him out there if he's not 100% if the guys are playing fine. And at this point, though, Sharish Rice, he, he's back to being, um, back to being Charis, right? Um, he just, that magic, that spark, uh, it's gone. Teams have figured out how to how to pick on him. It just took you know most of the season, but now when we we complain about our corners getting gashed, it's not really Jonathan Joseph. It's it's Sharice Wright. Well, double moves are his uh, his kryptonite, as we've noticed the last couple weeks. Yeah, he's <laughs> even both he's, both being on touchdowns, by the way, by wide receivers that if they weren't on the Jets would probably not be on any other team. Yeah, and it's not – Sharice Wright is probably one of the three corners in the league that are slower than Jonathan Joseph, and he's not as he's not as skilled on on where to go as Joseph is. Yeah. No, I would agree. Um, the corners are definitely definitely a problem right now, but I do see – I see a, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to our corners. I think Kayvon Webster – Fingers crossed, right, that he can stay healthy. 
him coming back and Aaron Colvin getting back to speed and becoming and, and being healthy gives us a pairing uh, or a threesome of Jonathan Joseph, Aaron Colvin, and Kayvon Webster. Um, that would be – I would feel more comfortable with that than I would with um, Sharice Wright and – whoever else we have or in Kareem Jackson playing corner. Um, I, you know, I think with those three, you can mix in a little bit of Kareem. Uh, you can also play him at safety when needed. Give Justin Reed uh, some breathers, give Andre Hall and uh, Honey Badger some breathers. And I, I, I do think that there's some things that they're going to be able to do. Hopefully, you know, it's going to take Aaron Colvin and, and Kayvon Webster to be healthy, but um, I mean, Brad, what are your thoughts on Kayvon Webster and Aaron Colvin, you know, moving forward potentially, you know, we saw Aaron Colvin make the play, the, the breakup at the end of the game that ended the drive. Um, but with Kayvon Webster now, um, being activated and, and Colvin looking like he's going to be healthy. Yeah. I think it all comes down to this to being healthy. And I, I agree that Romeo, Romeo probably wasn't, wasn't going to play Colvin unless he was a hundred percent just because there was decent chemistry on the, on the back end of the defense. Um, I, I'm fine for the next two games of them resting anybody who may, you know, Kiki, uh, Colvin, you know, Sharice Wright, like, um, I'm sorry, not Sharice Wright, but uh, it, like anyone who may just need to, to mend for the playoffs because this team is completely different when healthy on the back end. You know, Cole Cole played some the other uh, yesterday. If he's banged up, I wouldn't be fine with him taking some time off. My big thing is getting healthy for the playoffs. The 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 bye week would be huge for that. So it's kind of you have to do that balance of is it worth you know playing Foreman? We haven't got to that yet, but is it worth bringing bringing back people early to try to clinch that bye week? Um, a question to you guys: Do you think it is worth risking further injury to key players to go for that bye week, or do you think you shut it down once you've clinched? So at first, when we had the conversations about the bye week during our ten game win streak. Um, I didn't want to buy. I wanted the momentum to keep going. Now, given the fact that it would give us another week for players to rest up and get healthy, I think right now you go for it. I think home field advantage is going to play a very crucial part in the playoffs, right? It does every year. Um, but if you're going to have a year where you beat the Patriots, this is the year you're going to be able to do it. And you would much rather do that at home than you would in Foxborough. For sure. Um so I would I'm all for them playing out the season the way that they should and they should definitely go for the bye in my opinion. John. I mean, yeah, I would rather have a bye. I'd rather watch an extra game of this team. I think it's a very fun team to watch, but I think realistically would be better off of a bye. The extra the extra bye gives you a chance to get even healthier. Um I think at this point we kind of go for it because if there's even a small chance that we get at least I mean not even a small chance but to get at least one home game and then potentially two kind of depending on how things shake out that would be that'd be huge and when I say how things shake out is I think the Chiefs could potentially stumble in the playoffs I I don't necessarily believe that they'll go to the AC, the AFC championship it's just it's a lot of pressure for for a new quarterback and teams that are built entirely on offense, like the Chiefs are, they are more likely to stumble. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I'm still more worried about the Chargers than anything else. And the fact that they activated Hunter Henry's 21-day window today, um, 
really scares me because that team is missing a tight end and hasn't been able to use anybody but 47-year-old Antonio Gates all year. Um, I am scared of the Chargers uh, no matter what. And the Chiefs, I think, are beatable. I really do. Their defense is awful. And I think our defense could cause some issues. Um, And then, uh, really, I'd like to play New England at home. Um, over going to Foxborough. So that's that's going to be one of the biggest things for me. Uh, all right. So, I mean, on defense, BMAC had a good game. Cunningham had a good game. Uh, the defensive line in general had a good game. Um, Justin Reed had a, a solid game. Wasn't his best game. Had some moments. Uh, Kareem Jackson <clears throat> needs to just play safety. Uh, but I, I really think as far as the defense goes, I mean, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on on the defense? I know that people are upset with the defense and – giving up yards and, and making a rookie look like a good quarterback. Is it, is it possible that maybe that quarterback is just good? He, he's pretty, he's a good quarterback. Like he's going to have a decent career. I'm not going to say he's going to be a top 10 quarterback, but he's more than competent. And it, what really sold me of, of, of Darnold was his pre, you know, picking up the blitz and giving him the ball quickly. And again, that's one area that Deshaun yep. really struggles and he really shined in that. And the, the Texans have to give soft coverage with the cover corners just because their corners are slow as molasses. And they was able to pick that apart, um, you know. So I, I'm fine with the bend, don't break. We that's just our defense because we don't have the corners, right? They're going to have to play zone coverages, and it's going to give up a bunch of yards. But as long as we keep them under 24 points, and they've done that the vast majority of games this year, I think the offense can do what it takes to win. My only two concerns are now the Giants and the Jets. Both their quarterbacks who have uh, struggled this year with accuracy all of a sudden are crazy accurate against us. Like I don't, I don't really understand how that is possible, but it's now happened, and twice could be a coincidence. Um, if Nick Foles comes out here next, or we go up there, and Nick Foles all of a sudden looks like a crazy accurate quarterback, and they're not just relying on gimmicks to win with him, then I'll be really concerned. Yeah, to be honest with you, <laughs> I am more scared of this Nick Foles team than I was of the Carson Wentz team. And it's not because I think Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. I, I truly believe that Carson Wentz hasn't really been healthy all season. Um, and Nick Foles dismantled the Rams last night. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched that game, but I watched that game in its entirety, and uh, he looked like the better quarterback. For sure. Yeah, I think... He's a wild card, right? I mean, he's he's super Super Bowl winning quarterback, you know. He, super Bowl MVP. Yeah. So I mean, it's a tough. I, again, he's he's been under that pressure. Carson Wentz hasn't, and so uh, to me, it's just a, he's a tougher matchup right now, just because he has that experience, the the playoff experience. Well, what does he have to? Yeah, exactly. And he can just gunsling it and just wee, I'm, I'm the backup. What am I going to do? Lose my job? Yeah, no, he's he's going to make some money next season. <laughs> Somebody is going to sign him. He's going to be we're going to be facing him twice a year in Jacksonville. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. And I actually hope we do. I mean, they do. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's perfect for that. Right. System. They do a good job of masking his uh right. his weaknesses. And then remember at the beginning of the year, uh, he looked like he he looked horrible. So, yeah, he he scares me because they have a tendency of going more all out, um, more gimmicky, more just outside the box thinking that you can't do that for the entire season. There's a lot of looks. There's a lot of plays that they, they do that have a very short shelf life. It's kind of 
how we talked about Deshaun when he first uh, lit the this league on fire. A lot of those plays have a shelf life. They can be shut down after a couple of looks. It's the same with Foles. And, I mean, he's proven that he can be streaky and when he's streaky and he when he, he's on it he can he can beat just about anybody but i fear him less on the jaguars next year than i do this right. upcoming week especially when they're just going to go balls out and do anything they can to win yeah yeah i don't like the fact that he's getting alshon jeffrey involved yeah. and Ertz yeah. and just it's it's golden tate is still a speedster you know it's just a bad matchup for us on the defensive side well, yeah, and then let's not add to the fact that their front four is ferocious. We so, need a we need a yeah. run game. All right. We need a uh, run game really bad for that game. Well, you know, good segue into the next segment here on Texans Unfiltered. Uh Deontay Foreman potentially back this week, fellas. How are we feeling about that? And are we expecting anything if he is healthy and playing? John, I'll start with you. No. Um, I hope it's kind of like he's probably I would say that he would get less than I don't know, less than ten touches. It's they're gonna ease him in. They don't regardless, we're we're gonna start making plans for the playoffs. I don't know if we're really gonna try and fight for the number two seed yet. And I don't think that they we saw it with Kayvon Webster. You come back too quickly from your Achilles. Something else gets hurt. Yeah, it's one of those things. Is like the only people that really know, right, is the strength and conditioning coaches and the medical staff of the Texans. If he's ready to come back, uh, we're all speculating. The Texans keep a tight lip on all of those things. We don't know how hard he's been working. We don't know what his recovery was like. We don't know really how bad the injury was. You know, on a scale of Achilles tear injuries, there is a scale of those injuries as well. Um, so we're all just speculating. We have to hope that he can contribute, just because we've seen. You know, Blue and Miller struggled the last couple of weeks, and we don't know if Miller is even going to be in the game. Um, but we definitely need some some run help. Um, my big thing is I hope they're scheming for the young tight ends. I think that's the biggest help we can give to Sean, is especially just drum up some plays that they can check down to whenever he sees a blitz, and that they just know they're on the same page and do a little four yard slant and just get something out of nothing. Um, and I think that's that's what it's going to take to beat the Eagles is just take what they give you. I don't think we're going to be able to go deep on them because of the, because of their front four, um, you know, with nuke, anything's possible, but it's just one of those things that you're not going to get many chances downfield, uh, deep, deep downfield. So I think you're going to be a lot of three step, five step drops and just hope that you can turn the short passing game into a run game. If Foreman can't take up a load and if Miller's out. Yeah, I think, I think if Lamar's out, I, I excuse me, I expect to see more, Deontay than what people would think I think that I think that the Texans have handled this properly and if Bill O'Brien didn't think that he could help this team I don't think he would be on the field so I say that because I, I feel like Bill has somewhat changed his approach when talking about Foreman in press conferences this week than he has in weeks past so there's something there. Um, it's been prior to this, it's been, you know, he'll be ready when he's ready. He'll be ready when, you know, he's healthy and we we feel like he can help this team to, yeah, you know, he could be there for sure. Uh, you know, we've seen good things out of him in practice. You know, the praise is turned around. So 
I'm 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 assuming there's there's no concerns internally at NRG about Deontay. Now, given his injury, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, could he be one of those guys that bounces back? I mean, look, he is extremely young. I think when you compare the Achilles injury to other running backs in the past, a lot of times they're older running backs. Um, so I, I really don't know. I think this is a very unique case. Um, and we'll just have to, we'll just have to see. I do think that he can help. I think him being there, um, even if he's just running up the middle, I think would, would be a a, a good thing for us, but we'll have to see. Um, I, I do want to talk about this offense because, uh, Jonathan asked a good question on Twitter and John, I want you to answer this. He he asked, what is our offense? I, I know we're not doing questions yet, but I, I really want to hear this answer from you. Uh, and then I want to chime in. Um, what is this offense's identity right now? To attack the defense's weakness? Or this past game, it was kind of, uh, fuck it, I'm going to throw it to throw it to Nuke. You know, old Hoyer style. Pretty much... Are what we do well is we put Deshaun Watson in a position where he he should be able to succeed. Um, granted, there's up and downs. There's always going to be better play calling. But what the offense is doing is they're trying to put it in a place where where Deshaun can be successful, and that's why we run the ball the way we do. That's why we use the motions the way that we do. That's essentially our entire identity. And it's one of those with Bill O'Brien. He doesn't really want to commit to one style of offense. It's kind of more where he wants to try it as simple as he can. We actually run a fairly simple offense. I know that still blows people's minds because you listen to Houston media. But it's one that's adaptable. So it's kind of just like going in your backyard and playing ball and knowing when to throw and when to break where it's not as scripted as some of the other more complicated offenses are. And what that means is when you look at it week in, week out, it some weeks we may have a couple of weeks consistently where we look okay and we look like we're the like we have an identity and then all of a sudden it's going to flip. And that's just every Bill O'Brien offense going back from the Texans to Penn state to the Patriots. Yep. Um, I honestly don't believe that we've seen what this offense's true identity actually is. Um, I think there is parts and God, how do I say this? I think there are things to this offense that haven't been done yet or have been done, but they've only been done in short spurts. I do find it extremely convenient that when we're down in the fourth quarter with five minutes left, that all of a sudden the offense starts to roll. Um, and yet we don't see that during the game very often. Uh, I don't know what it is. I'd like to say that I, I do, but there's something there that tells me that we're doing enough to win right now. And I think that we're going to see a lot of different things come maybe these next two games, maybe just this next game. 
because uh, I don't think you'll need it against the Jags. We could we could probably beat the Jags with scoring fourteen points. Um, we could probably put Brandon Whedon in and honestly beat that beat that we team. We just might, uh, and we just might. Right, we just might. Um, so I I still think that there's parts of this offense we're not seeing, and I think we're going to see more of it. I think we can be a lot more explosive and the end of that game showed me a little bit more. The end of the Cowboys game showed me a little bit more. Uh, there's been times this season where I've seen it and I say, ah, God, why can't we just do that throughout the entire game? And I know that there's different defensive looks and schemes that open things up. And, you know, when you're playing quarters and, you know, all I, I get all that, but I don't know. There's something that's, that's off to me that makes me wonder, if there's some things that he's not necessarily saving, but that he's building to. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think just from, a, if you look at the game from a whole, like they adapt to the opponent they're playing and they win based on however they need to. They've won with airing it out. They've won with r- pounding the ball. They've won uh, with defensive turnovers. They've won. They've just found a way to win in literally every facet of the game. And I, I really do think that the, you know, Bill O'Brien just trying to instill the basic fundamentals of being a good quarterback into Sean Watson. And if he can do that during the game with real defenses coming at him and still have a chance to win the game, he's going to do that. And he doesn't really hit the oh shit button, you know, until he absolutely has to. Some may say that that's not a great way to develop him, but personally, I think it is because you're trying again. The big thing to me is they had the offense has not turned the ball over seven of the last eight games. And I think the Texans have a plus 10 turnover ratio, I think is what the turnover ratio is. And if he that's that's the reason they're winning games. They're not turning the ball over. And so he's going to set Deshaun up to succeed. And he knows Deshaun's already having to deal with being sacked and being pressured and not being able to get his feet set and make the throws he wants to throw and make the reads he wants to do. So why add the extra stress of maybe stretching the field and turning the ball over again. I think you're, you've hit the nail on the head that there's so much more this team can do, and you're probably going to see that later in the the playoffs, especially. Yeah, and just one more point about the offense is the way that it's currently designed. We may not blow the doors off many people, but we're not going to get shut down completely either. No, we're, I mean we're not. We're, uh, look, I, I still think that this team can blow the doors off. I think when it comes to the, you know, say we play the chiefs, look, I honestly, I, I guess let's get into this right now. So I messed around with the ESPN playoff machine as much as I could today for about an hour to see one, how can we not make the playoffs? And it's too lengthy to actually get into, but there is a way that we don't make the playoffs. It's however, very unlikely, but it would be a Texans thing to do if that is the case. And that's what happens. Um, but every scenario I went through had us playing the Colts in the wild card round. Which is, yeah, which Thought. is, let's be honest, is a scary thing because Andrew Luck's a great quarterback and great quarterbacks win playoff games. Um, and he's that, already shown that he can dominate us. Uh, the good thing is it would be a home game. Yeah, that's about the only team I don't want to play. Well, the Chargers. No, I'd rather I'd rather play the Chargers than the Colts. Right now, I wouldn't. I'd r- I'd rather yeah. play the Chargers. Or uh, I, I mean, I'd rather Same play the game. Colts. I think. Uh, I think two things. Right. One, when you've played a team twice in the regular season, you kind of have a better understanding on what to expect. You have a lot of tape to build off of. Um, I'd rather do that than play a team that we haven't played against, and we have no idea 
how they'll play against us and what their defensive looks and offensive looks will look like. Uh, two, I just I I would rather play the Colts because I just want to beat them. Yeah, it's always great to beat the foe, right? Go Colts, Patriots. You know, the, those are the two teams you definitely want to beat. Um, and I agree. I just don't know. You know, looking back when I did the the crunching of the numbers, you know, the Chargers have played some really bad teams, just like the Chiefs have. And I think the Patriots are probably the best team, even when they have the worst record in the top in the top three seed. Um, but it, it's really tough against all of them. You know, the, the Chiefs probably scared me the least just because Mahomes is a, basically, this is his rookie season, right? Um, it, the playoffs is just, you don't know. You're literally just flying by the seat of your pants and hoping you, hoping you get a win. I just want to play the Colts because I don't like that we lost to them. And I still think we're a better team. And I think we can beat them. Uh, I, I think I think we can beat them and contain Hilton, right? That's all I it don't takes, know. Containing I, Hilton. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that would be a lot of it, right? But uh, uh, he would find somebody else because that's just what he fucking does. But um, I don't know. I just really want to play the Colts, and I really don't think we beat the Eagles. I think we have a shot. It just I think if the defense has to get a couple turnovers, it's just a tough place to play too. The good news is, is it's a Saturday game. It's not a primetime game or something that's going to be so hyped. You know, it's just a Saturday after, I mean, a Sunday afternoon game. Um, that's, I think, the only thing that's really going for them as far as home field advantage goes. But they're going to be hyped after that win last night, for sure. Actually, I wish it was a primetime game. Deshaun plays his best. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We're not used to that as Texas fans. It's going to take me a couple of years to get used to that, right? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I... um. I mean, what are your thoughts, John? I mean, do you think we have a chance of beating the Eagles on yeah, Sunday? Yeah, we definitely have a chance. I mean, any given Sunday and all that bullshit, like we really do. Um, the Eagles this year have been a bit of a mess. It's foals. Um, bad foals can very easily show up, and if he does, they don't have a running back. Um, right now their game plan was similar to our game plans in the past where we used to just say, Fuck it and chuck it to Nuke. They're going to say fuck it and chuck it to Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, that's who they have right now. The thing that scares me about them, though, is they're two tight end sets with both Ertz and Godert. Godert, however you say his name, the guy from uh, South Dakota State. Because we have issues covering one quality tight end and they have two. But I think that it's more likely that Foles just melts down and we don't really have to worry about it too much. Interesting. Brad, what do you think? Do you think that, do you think we'll beat, I don't want to ask if you think we can beat, because I think that's, that's a cop out. Do you think we will beat the Eagles? I, I really think it's a coin flip. I think we match up with them really well. Um, they've turned the ball over a lot. There's 19 uh, giveaways this year. Um, and they have 15 takeaways. So they're in, you know, they're negative in that, in that ratio. So I think again, that's where it's going to be key. Um, you know, they're about even in penalties and things like that, about even in, they give up nearly 400 yards a game, so about 40 more yards a game per uh, for, over the Texans. Um, they all, but they also give up a couple more points in the Texans, and they score about three less than the Texans. So I think they match up on paper. The Texans should win. I'd give it like a 60-40. Um, and I, I really want to see if what this team wants to do and how serious they want to be for going after this bye. We don't know. We really don't know what 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 they're being told by by Bob and um, the, the front office on on what they want to risk for that buy and if. I, I know the players are going to be hyped and I know the players want to prove that they uh, want that number two seed. The fact that they were given that number two seed before the week, I think is huge because they get to prep all week 
with that hype. I'm not going to put any money against these guys. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be upset if they lost. Um, but I, I definitely hope they win, obviously. But uh, I wouldn't be upset if they lost. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to our favorite segment of the show. Questions with Brad. I'm going to get like a really cool, like corny, like, um, hey guys, how are you doing? This the, is Brad. Yeah, exactly. like, Hi, questions with Brad. Uh, come on down. Yeah, like something like that, and like play like a little loony, uh, uh, little music, and then go to you for the questions. But Brad, what questions do we have tonight? Uh, we already a- answered Jonathan on uh, on Twitter. Uh, but what do we have from so, the Discord? Uh, Trevor asks, um, how can Sean get better at reading blitzes, and what can Bob do to help him before the playoffs? John, let's start with you. Part of getting better at uh, blitzes is just seeing more of them um, and having confidence in your reads. With uh, with Deshaun, part of it with him is also he's just got to take down the, uh, the, the holding on the ball too long. That's pretty much how you survive a blitz is get it out quick. And until he starts to do that, blitzes will probably continue to give him an issue. He's just got to show the capability of doing it, not even not even consistently, but just enough that the uh, defense has to to keep itself honest. All right, James? Yeah, I mean, getting rid of the ball quick is going to be the biggest part of it. Um, he's got to learn to make adjustments at, li- at the line to get the defense to show mm-hmm. – um, what they're going to do, change up the looks. Uh, Bill O'Brien can help in the ways that he he is doing right now, or at least the way he did against the Jets. He he definitely spread people out, gave them you know the, uh, the full vision of the field. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of. It's not something that's going to be corrected overnight. This is going to be something that goes into the off season. They're going to have to spend a lot of time watching films or watching film, um, diagnosing what that blitz looks like, how to understand. Um, you know, where the blitz will come from, but I think they're working on it. I just think that with where we're at, I think uh, the timing is awful for what the, what Greg Williams did in the Browns game. It kind of gave a tape on how you could confuse Deshaun. And, um, as you can see, he was getting better at it. Uh, and so he'll probably continue to get better at it because that's just what he does. Uh, but it's just going to take time. Yeah, And I think honestly, when Kiki Kuti comes back, that alone will, will help Deshaun with with the blitz he just with the uh, group of receivers we have right now n- other than Hopkins who's always open I mean there's not somebody that's just gonna instantly have separation off the line where all Deshaun has to do is look for him and dump it off real quick when he has a hot read okay so I- yeah oh, Kiki's, go ahead, Kiki's gonna be huge. yeah Kiki's gonna be huge on that I mean his release um, and his route running is going to help Deshaun be able to get rid of the ball faster. I think the involvement on the tight ends is going to help too. Um, and, and maybe even Deontay Foreman. I mean, we saw a couple dump offs last year uh, with him. So I, I still think there's some areas that and things that Bill O'Brien can do and the play calling to help alleviate the, the blitzes, but we'll see in time. So th- with Kiki, maybe not missing the rest of the season, do you think that they should, because one way they have been able to get Carter and um, Thomas the ball has been with wide receiver screens. Do you see? Do you think they should rely on those more, especially in blitz scenarios? Oh, I think that 
we're going to have to start to go away a little bit more from the wide receiver screens because they're almost becoming predictable, in my opinion. I'll, I'll let John answer. It's No, I didn't die. It's just one of those questions that oh, – it's, it's Again, it's just timing. It's when, when you use them. Um, if you're – if you become over-reliant on them, they become pretty easy to shut down. It's just knowing when to use them. And everybody thinks of them as a quick pass because they're short, but because a lot of the time you are waiting for your tackle to get out there to help block, they actually do take a second to develop. So, and sometimes because you are moving an offensive lineman, you're opening yourself to get hit by the blitz even quicker. A lot of just beating the blitz is just learning to recognize it. And a lot of that just comes from just playing, um, watching more tape. What Bill O'Brien can do is what he's continuing to do when Deshaun gets overwhelmed, spread it out, as that's when he's having the easiest time reading the field, which is crazy because I remember a couple of podcasts ago where when I saw that empty set formation, I used to go, oh, shit, please don't do that because Watson was getting killed in it, and now that's where he's operating his best. Is there any reason you think that they don't utilize the bootleg more? That's a great question. I have no idea. Um, typically, the only reason you would is because you don't want to split the field in half. Um, either he doesn't trust Deshaun to try and still use the entire field, or it's something maybe with the type of routes that they're using. I'm Because we've had success with it. I don't know why he's gotten away from it. Yeah, the only thing I, I I can come across in that is we don't have a speedy receiver over the middle, right? That can on those bootlegs. That's really you want those eight to ten yard crossing routes. And I just don't think I think with you know Kiki coming back, maybe that may be a wrinkle put back in. Um, but right now, I think it's probably just a speed thing. It just I think it just takes too long to develop. And I, and I, again, I think Bill's probably just trying to get Deshaun comfortable in the pocket. And whenever you 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 know, you let him get a little bit more comfortable than he needs to. If you utilize a bootleg, that's just my, my two cents. All right. Next question. Phoenix asks, what is our biggest weakness going into the playoffs? Young Ari gold. We'll start with you, my friends. Biggest weakness coming into the playoffs. I would have to say would be our, okay. Players. We all knew that, but what's the next one? Uh, <laughs> um, Oh, off with, I mean, <laughs> it's the two right, obvious so, ones, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's the corners and it's the offensive line right now. Um, you know, both those things need to uh, – we're not fixing the offensive line um, this offseason. Uh, we can maybe get more better production out of them, but there's not really a player on this team that we can just insert and fix the offensive line. You can just hope that the continuity continues to build and, and the rapport is there and they just get, you know, a little bit better every week, which I think they've done so far this season. Um, but with the secondary, you know, there is a way to fix that. I, I do think that Kayvon Webster and Aaron Colvin potentially could fix the secondary issues. They're not going to be shut down corners, but I think that they could um, they could definitely improve, which is really all you need at this point, given the pass rush. Uh, but I would say that those are the two weakest areas of the Houston Texans. And I, I'm sorry that they're so obvious, but uh, those two play such a big role in the success of a team in the playoffs. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, th- I don't think we really need to go further down that. Those, I think, those definitely are two are two biggest weaknesses. Obviously, and the other one's probably just staying healthy. Um, all right, so I guess we'll go on to the Garnet Texan with the next one. Do we need the second seed to have playoff success? This is from Phoenix. No. 
We really don't. It's playoff success is just what team gets hot at the right moment. Um, part of the reason that we should all have hopes going in, into the playoffs is it has kind of felt like the team's kind of underperformed, even at 10 at four. So the fact that we really truly haven't gotten hot for a consistent period of time means that once it happens, it'll probably roll for a couple of games if it happens, which means that having a buy might actually be detrimental to that. Um, so no, I mean, again, I'm just going to go with either way. We're going to get a home playoff game, uh, the two seed or the three seed. And either way we get to watch a playoff game and hopefully our draw is a little bit better with, uh, Actually, no, if we get the three seed, we're getting the Colts. So we should at very least get one hell of a playoff game. So we're we're sure that the Colts beat the Titans. Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, so even though Derrick Henry is, where the hell did he come from? Alabama. <laughs> He's who he should be. <laughs> I mean, dude looked like a bust for the past, what, three years? And now all of a sudden he's carrying that team. It's because they learned how to use him. I mean, there's learning how to use them and then winning a game when your quarterback has 80 yards passing and is blocking linebackers. I was, they learned yeah, that was Mariota's highlight of the, of the week as a fullback. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> uh, that would scare me, to, scare me to death if DW4 did that with his right shoulder. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh, if, he does. I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Let's get some. So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but what do you think is our secret weapon when the playoffs start to get another one from Phoenix in the discord? Uh, do you think we have a secret weapon out there? Jordan Akins. It's Jordan Akins. Hands down. It's Jordan Akins. I'm thinking that's why he's not getting utilized right now. That's honestly what I think. I think that Jordan Akins is going to play a huge part in the success of this team in the playoffs. It's that simple. So do you see them basically scheming, you know, a good 20, 30% of the plays, offensive plays around the tight ends? He, yes, he, he's a matchup problem in, in so many ways. For a tight end, he's extremely fast. He's extremely athletic. Um, he, he can catch the ball. He's a great route runner. Um, the problem has been, and the reason why we haven't seen him so much, is his lack of being able to pass block. Um I still think, though, they're going to find a way to get him uh, acclimated to this off or, or implemented into this offense and being a crucial part of it. I really, yeah, do. I think it's more likely that they're going to go the uh, the Zach Ertz route with the uh, Akins and just tell him don't even don't even yep. bother blocking. You're a tight end. Yep. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You're a tight end, but not really. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be more of like that hybrid wide receiver tight end role, just like Ertz. But uh, you know, maybe they may put him in there on a couple chip plays just to chip and release. But uh, outside of that, I, I really think that we're going to see a lot more Akins in the playoffs. Yeah, my my vote is actually Aaron Colvin. I don't think I don't think wow. second I don't think single handedly he's going to shut down any of the uh, the uh, speedier receivers, but I think him with one of the safeties will be able to do bracket coverage in a way that is effective enough that we will be able to shut down a team's number one. Yeah. And if we just, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, he just has the ability to, to cover, especially through the middle of the field that Sherry's right does not. 
<laughs> we've seen that, right? <laughs> Double move, yeah. Sharice Wright. Um, yeah, I just think for, for us, it's having a healthy team. If we have a healthy team, I'll put this team up against anyone with that defense, even with the even with the the, the trouble the corners. But I, I kind of agree with Ari here that the tight ends are the secret weapon for the offense, and they're just going to open up things so much more in the in the playoffs. Hopefully, hopefully, right? Okay, um, I do want to touch what base. It's not really a question, but it was in the uh, Ask the Experts podcast channel um, on the Texan Unfiltered uh, Discord channel. So Ryan, I won't I won't say his full name, but Ryan says. This team is the epitome of a paper champion. This team can't win a playoff game without a better O-line play. What do you guys think about that? I think that's a little harsh, but what do you guys think? I think I think he's somewhat right, to be honest with you. I think when you get to the playoffs, you're playing the upper echelon of the AFC, the, the top teams. Um, the only The only thing I have to say about that is if you look at who we would potentially be playing – um outside of the ravens and maybe the steelers i don't see a ton of pass rushing teams that are going to be able to take advantage of our offensive line um i think the way this team is constructed and the teams that we would play i still think that we can go on a run um and i still think that we can win it's all about matchups right and and when you look at who is in the afc playoff picture right now and that could change um, outside of Pittsburgh and Baltimore, I really don't see a team that that scares me and makes me think that we can't overcome that offensive line. John? I think that was a little harsh. I mean, as you've already pointed out some stats, we've beat some quality teams. Uh, I mean, we're top five in points allowed. We're top 12 in points scored. We're number 11. You know, we've we've done some work against some pretty quality teams out there and it's it's the NFL, dude. Everybody has weaknesses. Half the teams out there have shitty offensive lines. We're not the only one. It's just it's part of the game right now. Just enjoy what we have. If this is how you manage your expectations so you don't get too hurt if we lose our first playoff game, go for it. But I don't think that there's any reason we can't win a playoff game. Yeah, and I'll just add on there that I think I think Ari hit the nail on the head. There's just not a whole lot of great defenses in the AFC and coming into the playoffs. Um, so that kind of segues into my last, and this is the last and final question uh, for Q&A. Where would you rank the Texans' defense compared to the AFC, uh, potential AFC playoff teams? Number two. Behind the Ravens? Yeah, Behind the Baltimore Ravens, yeah. John? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, number two, but we have enough star power that we can definitely elevate. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I would say, um, sorry, Brad, I would say, I would say two based on performance up to this point. Uh, and even though I asked the question about rack, um, you know, what would this defense look like with another coordinator? I do think come the playoffs, we'll see a different defense. Um, and, and I think rack kind of pushes us over the one based on, his playoff expertise and what he's shown he can do in the playoffs. Uh, but if we were going based on what we've seen so far this regular season, I would have to go the Ravens. Yeah. I'm right there with you guys with the Ravens as well. Um, that's really the only defense I would be scared for Deshaun to play. Uh, the Steelers are pretty good as well, but 
um, you know, I, I'd put this offense up against anybody. All right, guys, that's the end of the Q&A. We appreciate all the questions on Twitter and on Discord. Remember, you can be involved in uh, asking questions by hitting us up at uh, Houston FB Pod on Twitter or hit the Ask the Espergs in our Discord channel, which you can get at the top of the link of our Twitter as well, on the top of our website as well. Um, and that's it. And that's Questions with Brad. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, what else do we have for the podcast today? Any, any Anything outstanding that we want to talk about? Is there anything around the league? I didn't really see too much uh, other than the Patriots uh, losing to the Steelers, which I was extremely hey, hey, shocked hey, by. Something pretty it's important. Not... Yeah, oh, something did we? very important. Oh, here we go. Go ahead, John. I always know when you're sarcastic. <laughs> there's, 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 this is sincere, dude. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Go Who's ahead. leading go ahead. the NFL in points scored? Fairbairn. Are we talking about kickers? <laughs> yeah, our kicker, the one that everybody wants to cut, he's doing well. Oh, yeah, my yeah. fantasy kicker. Yeah, I knew that beforehand. It's all because I didn't trust this <laughs> offense in the beginning of this we, season. We don't like that he kicks five field goals a game, but we like that he can kick five field goals a game. There you go. Yeah, you know, it's funny when uh, when we talked to John Weeks, or when I talked to John Weeks, he told me uh, he had nothing but amazing things to say about Fairbairn and um, and we talked about the uh, the relationship between him and Trevor Daniels and how Trevor's at, it never held in college. And um, you could see that he's getting better at it now. And it's and, and as you can see, if you watch the kicks recently, the laces are pointed straight. Um, the handling's getting better. It looks like the operation is just running a lot smoother. And uh, yeah, I mean, Fairbairn is. I mean, he's just a cool cucumber, dude. I mean. You, when you watch his face, I mean, he's the same guy when he misses as he is when he he makes it. It, it, it. He just seems to forget a miss rather quickly, and uh, I'm I'm glad that we have him on our team. I, I think he's going to play a, a pretty big part in our success in the future. Pretty happier. And I'm going to give Daniel. We've given him some help for the holds, but he had a fantastic hold on a high snap um, in that in the last game. So just want to give him a thumbs up too. Yeah, he did. No, he did. He he's turning it around, and it, it's got to be hard to take over for you know a Hall of Famer, right? Um, those are big shoes to fill, especially a guy that was taken in the first round. So, um, yeah, he's 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 doing well, and he's getting better, and that's that's really all we can ask, especially at this point, because uh, I think it was like week six or seven. I I was pretty concerned um, entering the playoffs with Trevor Daniels and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of nerves that come into holding a kick and, and, and the entire operation itself. So um, I'll be releasing the John Weeks interview. I guess it's not released yet. Did you guys know that? The John Weeks interview? Oh, I did yeah, not know that. Yeah, it's not released. Yeah, I can't find it on Libsyn. So I, I tried this new quick publish thing and it, it, it obviously didn't quick publish. Literally had one job. I had one job, but it's cool because now we'll That's have great. two podcasts this week. So balance it out a little uh, bit. The Rivers McCown interview. Yeah. The Rivers McCown interview, by the way, if you guys have not listened to that, it's uh, it's definitely worth listening to. Uh, he's a, a smart individual and uh, he, he just, he, he, he knows his shit. It, it was very fun to talk to him. It was a very organic conversation and uh, can't wait to have him on again in the future. So. Uh, what else? What else do you guys got? I know there's got to be more. I mean, we're at the uh, hour and 30 minutes, but something tells me there's more. Even if there is, I, I think we should probably call it at this point. <laughs> you want to call it? You don't want to, you don't, Cowboys can I gloat suck. real quick or no? Say Cowboys suck. What are we, what are you Cowboys gloating about? Fucking suck. 
Oh, the fact that I'm going to be playing you in the championship in our fantasy football league for the Texans Unfiltered Football yeah, League. Yeah, seen as how y'all couldn't step up and beat one of us, who are we going to interview now? Myself. You guys can interview me. I'll <laughs> let you. I'll let you guys. Yeah, you know what's crazy is the week before, I, ha- I I literally took so many chances on my players. I even started Zay Jones last week, and somehow I still beat the number one seed, Sealy Tigers, this week. And yeah, that's right. I'm talking to you because you know who you are. And uh, you, you, you took that L, son. You took that L. Now it's me and John playing in the fantasy football championship. I can't wait to take John out, especially now that he's got, you know, injuries. We'll get uh, all right. we'll get Chuck E. Cheese um, booked for the celebration. Yes. Can I get in the little tickle the little Whoa, ticket? Not hey, tickle. Hey. The little uh Whoa. Yeah, no, no tickling. No tickling. You guys are not allowed to ever fucking tickle me. I swear <laughs> to God. I'll punch you guys in your face. Uh uh the ticket booth, you know the one that you get in and it, like blows up all the tickets and you're like in this like vacuum and it's just like blowing them. It's like a hurricane of tickets. Yeah, yeah, I know no? All right. I guess yeah. I'm the only one with, with kids at that at that age so far. You'll 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 know oh, soon, sure. John. All right. Well, that's going to be it for Texans Unfiltered. Uh, we do have some uh, some things that we do need to uh, talk about. One, obviously, go follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod. Um, for, at this point, you will never know who you're interacting with. It's not just John running the Twitter anymore. It is all three yeah, of us. Yeah, somebody might actually so think respond about that. then. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, Instagram is, is it can be managed by all three of us as well. Um uh, make sure you guys go to the website, texansunfiltered.com. Uh, I highly encourage you guys to get to the Texans patron, though. If you are not a patron yet, I would uh, start t- to uh, subscribe to the patron page as we are going to do uh, exclusive podcasts for the uh, playoffs. Uh, so you guys have two weeks to get going on the patron. We're going to do uh, full game analysis prior to uh, each game obviously we'll you know we're going to do one for our our fans but we're going to do more of an in-depth breakdown uh, and then we're also going to do an exclusive uh, playoff around the NFL podcast and talk about that as well so if you guys are not a patron uh, I I encourage you go to www.patron.com backslash Texans unfiltered and sign up as uh, you're going to be missing out on some good content on top of that we have some exclusive shirts that you might want to uh, be a part of because that will be the only way for you guys to be able to get them uh, at least the first batch. And outside of that, join our discord Texans unfiltered discord. It's on our website. Click the discord button. Uh, And with that being said, I am young Ari gold signing off for Texans unfiltered.